by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. The time is 12.30, and that makes it time for In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Our program is brought to you today by Menards Agway, your family true value yard, neighborhood garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils, mulches, and so much more, online at growcompost.com, located on Route 2 in Moortown. By the Willie Store in Greensboro, your true value store near Caspian Lake. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm on Main Street in Colchester. Clausen's.com for those Mega Monday coupons. By PR Lumber, featuring locally milled lumber and family owned on Route 15 in Wolcott. Buy your locally owned Montpelier Agway seeds and feeds and so much more. Route 2 in Montpelier. And by these flowers and garden shop. They have it all on Main Street in Waitsfield. And as temperatures here in Waterbury have just hit 90 degrees, that's the air temperature, we say welcome to Peter Burke. <laughs> hey, Joel. How are you? Oh, I'm cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I've, I've got the, the ice, ice coffee. <clears throat> Thank you, by the way. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. great stuff. you got to have it, yeah. And... Uh, um, of course, we're we're in the cool studio outside. It is a scorcher, that's for sure. And uh, there's lots of there's a few things you should do for your garden. Um, you know, uh, probably the first and foremost is to water it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like just like the pets and the people and the plants all need to be watered. Yeah. Well, as soon as I get home, I'm going to uh, hydrate my hydrangea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just a point here, a tip on on watering. What you want to water is the soil, okay? That's where the roots in the plant take up the water. So, but, uh, And also, if you water the leaves, there's a chance if the sun is really bright, it can burn the leaves because the droplets act like a magnifying glass. They can burn them. So, so you want to try to keep your watering down uh, below the plant leaves and on the soil so that the uh, the the plants are can draw up all the water they need down below from down below and up, and uh, I know um, if you're going to water with like a sprinkler, you know that that wets the leaves and all right, that's fine. But do it in the evening or early morning before the the sun comes up and is high and can uh, can burn those leaves. So you wanna you wanna just uh, um, do that for your plants. Um, well, other than that, uh, I have my list of chores today that I'm going to run through with you. But I can add to the list of things that we've harvested besides the radish and the charge and some arugula is now yellow squash. We've got a yellow squash there. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And uh, cherry tomato, first one's uh, out. 
And then uh, I saw a two-inch zucchini, which means tomorrow it'll be a ten-inch zucchini. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm a little behind where you are, but uh, I did see some green tomatoes, green cherry tomatoes. Uh, green cherry tomatoes. So yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. After I blink a couple of times, they'll be ripe. Yeah, yeah, the, they'll be. Yeah, right, they'll be ripe. And uh, that's, of course, the thing I love about cherry tomatoes is, uh, and I always recommend people is, you know, start with cherry tomatoes because they're. They come in early and and they just keep going right up until frost. So keep them, you know, you don't get overwhelmed with too many tomatoes with cherry tomatoes. And uh, I last week I planted my second round of green beans, and I'll be darned if they aren't up about like an inch and a half. Some of them actually unfolded their first leaves. And they love this heat. They love this heat. And, of course, I've watered them well. And uh, I actually water them every day when they're, you know, just coming up like that to make sure, you know, the the bean seed is a very big seed. And it needs to be fully, um, you know, moistened. Uh, when you put it in the ground, it's basically just a dry lump. Some people uh, actually soak their bean seeds beforehand, mm-hmm. and I, I do it, but, you know, not all the time. And in this case, I just put them in dry and then just made sure I watered them every day from there on. And they responded beautifully. And I've got uh, a whole bed of, um, uh, well, I mean, uh, was that uh, 12 squares? Uh, they're in front of um, where I have my peas, and the peas are flowering, so we'll have peas soon, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, 12, and then there's nine in each one of them. I put them on a, a f- they're four inches apart, so there's nine per square foot. So 12 square feet times nine. And so we used up the three packages of the small packages, and then I used up one of the big packages I got from Agway. And uh, so we'll have yellow and green beans. Um, no purple beans? My, <laughs> mine are coming up. Uh, my, my granddaughter is just so looking forward to them. But they're, I'm, I'm probably about a week away. Oh, oh really? Yeah. And they flowered? Yes, oh, they have, yeah. Yeah, that's they, great. Then they're all dark purple, too. They, oh, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, that's great. Well, I did the yellow one, mm-hmm. so. She might like yellow. They go good with purple. I, I used to have all three, but it's, this year it's just <laughs> purple. I'm limited gardening, so I can keep an eye on the on the pests out there. Usually, <laughs> usually if I'm in one corner trying to, now, now to find that keep an eye on the pest is like, are you taking photographs and are you feeding them and are you? <laughs> I'm little, you know, no crows allowed signs. No. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned crows. Is that the last uh, few mornings? Oh. For maybe, actually, maybe a couple of three weeks now, is first thing in the morning, I hear just a gaggle of, of crows out there. And uh, that's kind of new. I'm, maybe they've found a spot they like. And they're they, they're, they're smarter than most people give them credit for, I, yeah. can, t- I can tell you. Yeah. They know that I'm not an immediate threat to them with a gun, so they don't, they don't leave when I go out <laughs> until I shoo them away. <laughs> but uh, any, anybody else uh, at, at the house that goes out, they're immediately gone. You know? well, it, and it's funny you say that because uh, out west, you know, in the Midwest, yeah. in farm country, Pennsylvania and Ohio, where I grew up, um, it was not uncommon for there to be a, a, a boom cannon. You know, it was sort of like a oh, a carbide cannon, you know, and it just made a big boom. It didn't shoot anything. And that would be to scare the crows away out of the corn, particularly when it was first coming up, because they they will go right down row after row of, of uh, freshly, you know, 
oh, maybe up uh, two or three inches corn that's just sprouting and uh, eat just a whole row, you know. So they they can be quite the... But anyway, um, so we're, we're, we're uh, I'm planting uh, this, uh, actually uh, this weekend I'll be planting uh, uh, broccoli. Uh-huh. And I was at... Um, uh, one of the uh, the garden stores, and they had a sign up that, oh, well, you know, you can plant your second crop of broccoli uh, and kale in, in this time of year, in the middle of July. And uh, I found a broccoli that was a 48-day broccoli, so actually that should fit right within the window. Um, and we'll see. And, of course, the broccoli will, will take a good hard frost and yes. will we'll go right up in through till uh, November. So I'm putting the broccoli and the kale in for second crop and, and just to see how that goes. Um, I Usually what I depend on is my side shoots from the broccoli. I just, you know, we cut that first head and then we'll, we'll be uh, harvesting uh, side shoots for the rest of the season. So this year I'm going to try planting uh, some broccoli and see if I can't get that big, you know, 10-inch head. And, uh, I'm, and I'm going to try that myself. I'm going to stop by Clausen's, uh, one of our sponsors, on oh. on Monday. Uh-huh. So yeah. We'll see what they if they have any. Yeah. Now, most in. of the sets, you yeah. know, the starts yeah. ha- are, are gone by. <laughs> you know, they... You know, they. Uh, I I just went to one of the stores, and and it was a sad, uh, uh, sad affair. <laughs> you know, everything was turning yellow and yeah. was overgrown, and so. Um, and that's uh, most of the uh, most of your nurseries uh, don't plant for sec- don't plant sets for a second planting. So you sort of on your own there. Although you could check the farmer's market, they might be, and I didn't check this morning to well, see if anybody had them. Well, I always wander through, and, and I usually end up buying a, a perennial herb of one kind or another <laughs> that are really grown up, and I just put them in knowing that I'll have something next year, too. Yeah. Well, I was at Agway, and uh, they had the most beautiful basil plants. Ooh. I mean, they were up good 10 inches, and they looked really hardy. I was like, you know, you could actually harvest yeah, that. Yeah, take right? them home and harvest. <laughs> I've, I've been known to do that. Really. <laughs> well, it's, it's like forty dollars worth of basil right there, <laughs> sitting a six pack. <laughs> so um, let's see now. Where were we, buddy? Oh, okay. We should uh, mention some telephone numbers too, oh, to yeah, invite yeah, our listeners. Yeah, yeah, two four four one seven seven seven, and that's eight zero two. Of course, that's for local. And then toll free is one eight seven seven two nine one talk or two nine one eight two five five. And uh, you're welcome to call, and I'd love to hear from you, and um, I'd like to hear what you're doing in your garden this this July 20th. So what I have to do in my garden, of course, is sit down. uh, I bring a chair and sit in front of my trellis of tomatoes, and I will be pruning out all the um, the, uh, side shoots, you know, the... um, the suckers there, and also tying them up there. Um, I've tied them up twice now on, on all my tomatoes, and they go about every 10 inches. So once a week or sometimes if there's, if it's going slower, maybe once every other week. But almost once a week, I'll sit down and tie them up. They'll grow about 10 or so inches every week. And so um, uh, I use the uh, Velcro ties, which I was sad to say that nobody uh, nobody had any. Uh, I checked at all the stores, all of our sponsors, and nobody had the Velcro ties. And 
So if uh, anybody has advice on what to use to tie up your tomatoes, let me know. I'd love to hear that because I've got a lot of tomatoes and uh, to prune and to tie up. Do you have a phone call there, buddy? Well, we did for a second. If, oh, um, okay. if, if somebody wants to call back. Oh, we'll call back. Well, yeah. Here we go. Let's push, it, let's push the right button and say, <laughs> you're on the air with uh, with Peter Burke. Hello. 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 Hi. Uh, your name in town? Frank from Burlington. Hey, Mike. What's up? Frank. 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 Oh, Frank. Okay. I want to talk, I want to, talk to the garden man about, about potato beetles. Oh, okay. What'd you find out? Uh, say again. What? Uh, go ahead. What was your okay, question? I just, I just need his advice on what I can do about them. Any, any tips to how to keep get rid of them? Um, I guess I missed the first part of it. What are you trying to get rid of? Potato beetles. Oh, 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 oh! Potato beetles. Yeah. Well. Um, First of all, potato beetles uh, are are uh, fairly short lived, so you can actually go through with a with a cup of soapy water and just knock them into the into the cup. And uh, uh, depending on how many you have, of course, if you've got an acre of them, you probably won't want to do that. Um, if not, then you'll have to to either dust or spray them uh, with a spinosad or um, neem, or I'm assuming you want to use organic stuff. And that that um, those will that'll take care of all kinds of beetles and and uh, so you can get rid of them that way. But uh, the the low cost easy way is just to knock them into a cup of soapy water. Okay, uh, I've had them for quite a while. I've had them for a good month now. Yeah, and, and so what have you been doing? You've been picking them or what? I've been, I've been picking them. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly squashing them. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, some. And some years will be worse than others, and uh, if you if you have a place that I mean, if it's a a place that you're getting a lot of them every year, try changing. Uh, well, first of all, you should change the spot, the place where you you know make sure you're not planting them in the same place every year. The second thing to do is try planting them a little later, more or less. Plant them in in mid June instead of uh, instead of in May, and then you you break that cycle. You know, they're, they're, uh, the potato, be- uh, potato beetles will come out, the, but there won't be any potatoes for them. So you kind of break that cycle. And then, of course, uh, spray. And, you know, spraying is fine. That's, uh, that's one of my chores. This, this uh, Today's chores is to spray. So. Yeah, but mid-June would be a good change then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there would still be plenty of time for them to... To grow and to be oh yeah! Oh sure! Oh sure! Yep. Right. Well, more or less, it, just go with a couple of different strategies and change things up a little bit, and uh, a lot of times you can break the cycle. Yeah. Okay. That's a good okay. idea. Then change the location as well. I haven't done that in a couple. Oh of years. yeah, that's real important. Yeah, with any kind of infestation. Well, Frank, well, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. And good luck with your potatoes. Let me know how it goes. Take care. Yep. Okay, thank you, Frank in Burlington. We go to Tammy in Ripton right now. Hey, Tammy, welcome aboard. Hi, um, I'm responding to your query about um, what to tie up your tomatoes oh, with. Oh, super, great, thank um, you. I have two things that I use. One uh-huh. is um, sometimes I steal some of my husband's pipe cleaners. 
Oh. And use those to attach them because they're not going to overheat because of the fuzziness around them. What a great idea. I love that. Oh, thank you. And they're malleable, so you can can Uh adjust them to the diameter of your plant. Absolutely. And then the other thing I use is strips of old T-shirts or flannel rags Uh and use them as ties. And again, you can adjust it and you're not going to have problems with the plant. Uh-huh. Um, being too constricted by them, so okay. those are the two things I use. Okay, great. That's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's I like that. And um, so, uh, do, do you uh, prune? You know, tie up and prune your tomatoes? Yes, uh, I do. do. Um, yeah. After listening to you last summer about lo- taking the lower branches mm-hmm. off as the mm-hmm. plant advances, mm-hmm. um, I do that. I also um, pinch the suckers mm-hmm. that come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, they've been very happy. And, yeah. you know, I only have a few tomatoes that I do. I do some container gardening. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty happy in a big pot with those interventions and lots of water. <laughs> oh, that's great. Good to, glad to hear. Now, cherry tomatoes or, or the These big? are cherry tomatoes. Yeah, I yeah. have done the bigger ones in the past. When yeah. I had a larger garden, I mm-hmm. would use um, either the pipe cleaners or the um, strips of fabric. That's great. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm going to go, well, see, I don't smoke a pipe, so I'll have to go find some pipe cleaners. Oh, that's easy enough. (laughs) Yeah, it should be easy enough. (laughs) Okay, thank you. uh, Tammy, thanks for the call. That was very nice of you. I appreciate that. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, I know that uh, kids play with uh, pipe cleaners. Yeah, All yeah. different colored ones they have. They're never really designed for use in a pipe, but uh, just, the, <laughs> just the notion of uh, having a wire inside and a fluff on the outside. Yeah, yeah. You can make that's, like little animals like you do right. with balloons and stuff. Exactly. We, we have uh, Michelle in uh, Plainfield on the line. Hey, Michelle. Hi. Love so them. I have uh, two, two geraniums in pots that okay. I wintered over, and the fir- they're the first geraniums that have done well wintering over. Uh-huh. And they have beautiful, big, they're very leafy, mm-hmm. but one has no, they've never had any, fla- one is finally getting one flower, mm. and the other one has not even a sign of a flower. So I was wondering if there was something I could do to get some flowers out of them. Well, um, um, let's see now. You said you wintered them over. Uh, yeah, would you winter them over just uh, in the living room or something? Yeah, something yeah. Like and they did very well the first time I've uh-huh. tried it before. Did they flower indoors? Uh, they haven't flowered at least for four months. So they did flower sort of, uh, you know, at the beginning of like winter for a while and then uh-huh. stopped. Uh-huh. Well, um,. So it, it it might be you're just simply out of cycle right now. It's not going to flower until until it's ready to flower again. Uh-huh. So, you uh-huh. know, uh, usually uh, most of the flowering plants are going to flower once a year. So I'm not sure when, really? when it was flowering before for you. Oh, I see. Huh. So you might just be out of out of cycle. So uh-huh. uh, the other thing you can try to do is be a little bit more drastic is, is to actually... Um, uh, take a knife in and cut the one one spot on the roots, and sometimes that encourages them to flower because they think, "Uh oh, I'm in trouble." And, what do you, uh, what it, do you mean, just cut one spot? Just take a knife and stick it down in the pot, and really? so it'll cut some of the roots. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Uh huh. So it, a, a a plant, a lot of times, uh, you know, it wants to flower when it thinks that it's the end of the cycle or end of its, you know, its its life in a sense. Hmm. And uh, it sort of it it uh, signals a dormancy, a sense of dormancy that maybe, 
And at least I've read about it, and I can't say that I've ever done it. Uh It made uh good sense at the time, so I'm just passing that on, and I'd love to hear if it works for you. Well, but like, say, a geranium I bought from the uh, Uh Plainfield Mm -hmm. hardware uh, for this season. It keeps flowering and flowering It keeps flowering and flowering, yeah, yeah. Well, that it's still in the flower cycle. I see. You know, so somehow or another, you want to get it back in a flower cycle, and it may not come up until it flowered before. So just patience, really. Yeah, patience. I don't think I do that. I'm sorry. I I don't. Okay. All right. Thank you. (laughs) But uh, you also um, there are there are different colored lights. You know, I don't know if you grow it under a light or not, or you just just, put it. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain lights that you can use that that will encourage flowering. And uh, so that, you know. I was hoping it was some food deficiency that you could tell me what Are you, are you feeding them? Uh, a little bit. Uh-huh. What is a little bit? I don't less? know. Whenever I think of it, not very often. <laughs> well, are you using like a fish fertilizer <laughs> or a, a mi- miracle, miracle grow? grow? Yeah, yeah. I uh, know that's about all you can do for, okay. for the fertilizer. That all makes sense. Um, and uh, do you do you let's see right now there's no no blossoms whatsoever on one of them yes and yeah. one finally has one uh, yeah so yeah uh, sorry hun Okay. All right. Well, at least I know I've done everything I could. In my book, you have. Uh, Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let me know how it goes. Thank you, Michelle. Let's see. We have uh, Helen in Lincoln on the line. Oh, hey, Helen. Hi. How are you? I'm good and plenty warm. (laughs) (laughs) Understatement of the day right there, right? (laughs) Uh, I have an idea for tying up most anything. Oh, Okay. And I don't know if you have a woman in your life that wears <laughs> nylons or those knee-high nylons. Uh, yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. They're soft and uh, stretchy, and uh, yeah. you just can make a loop, gentle loop, and they work wonderful for so, tying things. So, so do I, like, I cut them up into strips? Is that what it is? Well, the knee-highs, all you have to you just use one knee-high for per tie. Oh, oh, I see. And just make loop through and... <laughs> or whatever you, you know, however you tell Now, Helen, them. are you trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> uh, calling for all, for all pantyhose. <laughs> right, right. Hey, honey, have you seen my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me? No. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. It's a great idea, though. And, and uh, now, now that I got to thinking about it, I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, hmm, yeah, there's all kinds of different stuff in the rag bag that I probably could cut up into strips is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll look for some uh, some nylons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for Thanks, your call. Thanks, Ellen. I appreciate the call. We have another caller on the line. Let us uh, just simply ask uh, your first name in town, please. Are you, yep. are you talking to me? Yes, yes we, we are. are. Okay, this is Wilma Maynard in Moortown, and this lady that was just on... Yeah. Uh, stole one of the ideas. I have been <laughs> tying my tomatoes up with nylon stocking strips for years. Oh, no kidding. Uh, that's great. So how do you, uh, you know, do you cut them up into strips then? Yeah, I cut them in strips and they stretch so you can tie, keep tying them as they grow. And uh-huh. I do have cherry tomatoes on my little uh, step-up porch that gets the afternoon sun. And I just measured them and they're 66 inches tall. Wow. Wow. 66. Wow. 66 inches tall and they're yeah. loaded with 
cherry tomatoes and blossoms yet. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, uh, one thing is, uh, and and I'm not sure that you you know about this, but I'll mention it is in order to encourage the uh, the pollen fertilizing the the different. Um, uh, flowers as they go down, you want to shake that uh, plant a little bit, more or less just tap the, the post or the, the stake that it's on, just tap it. Right. And uh, do you do something like that? or? Well, you know where they are, they they do uh, get the breeze. Oh, okay, yep. So I'm sure that they are getting yep. plenty of... No, that's fine then. Yeah, you're all set. Well, it's particularly more, you know, it's particularly important in a greenhouse where you're not getting the breeze and stuff. Or if you've got a place where they're sort of sheltered, yeah, you want to make sure you tap them a little bit so they get it. So nylon stockings, huh? Oh, yeah, I've been doing that for a long, long time. Hmm. Okay, Yeah, because it it stretches as your tomato grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I will tell you that we've just done this morning is if you put, um, oh gosh, on your green peppers, Epsom salt water uh-huh. on the green peppers, yep. it'll encourage more uh, growth in peppers. So, uh, like a, a tablespoon? Uh, how, how much? Yeah, I put a, about a tablespoon to a quart of water and just go out and spray them. And you spray them? Yep. Right on the right on the leaves and everything. Yeah, I did both this morning, top side and underside of the leaves and the blossoms. Oh, that's great. That's well, that's a good tip. I appreciate that. Now I've heard different, uh, you know, different tips about peppers. Uh, you know, the uh, the old sulfur mass match. You know, a little bit of sulfur, uh, Epsom salts down in the ground. But uh-huh. uh, the spray, that's a great idea. Well, the other thing with peppers, you know, they're compatible and they like to touch each other. Uh, they like to hold hands, is what I've heard. Right, right. <laughs> and you plant them that way, but how far apart then? Is that about like eight inches, or? Well, close enough so that when they grow, they're going to be touching. Mm. Yes. Mm. Cool. Well, that's yeah. great. Sounds yeah. good. What kind of peppers are you growing? The green bell. The green bell. Yeah. 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 Not any hot peppers. <laughs> no. Last year, I'll tell you, we picked up our green bell peppers and we left them sitting on a bench while we went to look for other product and when we came back didn't know it we planted the peppers and they turned out to be hot peppers we think somebody switched with us oh no (laughs) well it's about every two or three years we'll grow another batch otherwise we dry them and stick them in a jar and that seems to last us just fine (laughs) right right yeah yeah you you were giving away peppers last year then (laughs) Oh, our grandson loves them. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so he got them all. Jalapeno poppers, huh? That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Wilma. Thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. All right. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, that uh, that goes back to Dick Raymond's uh, book of spraying with uh, Epsom salt. Yeah. Top and bottom the, of the leaves, yeah, and... Uh, um, yeah, they, I've, I've been doing that all the time. And he said, uh, spray it, and a couple of days later, you'll notice things even greener. And, oh, is that right? I don't know if it's psychological <laughs> or, or not. But, and, of course, I and, and also with the matches. I think that was in Dick's book to, yeah, I think to so begin too. with yeah, as yeah, well. I do remember. And, and then, of course, we talked about the fact that the way matches are made these days is a little different, and they, it's not uh, all not that Not the sulfur. same sulfur, yeah. But I have a whole big box of uh, vote, uh, <laughs> vote for vote 
vote for Ronald Reagan stamps. <laughs> and back then they were still so. Uh, so you're all set for all a while. Matchbooks, yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah. at any rate, uh, <laughs> so uh, that can be. You can add that to the chore list: is spray your your peppers with uh, yeah. with Epsom salts. And can't and you can't find anything uh, you know less expensive? You know, it's, it's like a couple of a dollar or two oh, for yeah. Epsom salts that'll last you for you know ten years of gardening. So. <laughs> Uh, and if your feet hurt, you could always soak them. You That's could. what they're for yes. to begin with. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I never got past the prune and tie part. Uh, I'm going to be doing the cherry tomatoes, all the tomatoes that I have. I have cherry tomatoes and some big boys and and uh, um, all those. And then I'm going to tie up my cucumbers. My cucumbers have grown another oh, eight, probably a foot or so. So I have to tie those up. And those, I've got eight uh, cucumber plants on a four-foot trellis, so I'll tie those. Um, also, my trombone zucchini, that thing is growing like a foot and a half, maybe two feet. And it's sort of dangling out there in the air, so i got to get that tied up. And uh, that thing grows uh, grows incredibly fast. And then what, I, oh, oh, uh, my melons have finally put out runners, so I'm going to tie those up on the trellis. So I've got some watermelons and uh, some cantaloupes. So those, uh, i got to tie those up. So um, I think that's that's just about everything. The peas, you never have to tie them. They they just go up the trellis without yeah. any problem. I plant them on both sides of the trellis. Oh, they, do you? They fight their way up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 no problem. And Peter, Wilma called back. She forgot to tell us that she had just picked a boatload of peas, and she'll be freezing at about six quarts of them, she expects, <laughs> tomorrow. It, uh, my reaction great. is that you're rubbing it in. Yeah. <laughs> I was so late planting my garden. Way to go, Wilma. But that's I, great. I, I, that tells me what I'm hoping to be able to do in a that's couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's oh, right. Nothing better than those homegrown. Yeah, that's that's super. Well, thanks, Wilma. Thanks for calling back and letting us know. <laughs> so um, before I forget, um, this is when you want to make sure you spray your cabbage plants. You know, your all of your coal and brassica with uh, either the BT, the... Uh, Di- Dipel or whatever, yeah. That's, uh, well, this is uh, Bacillus... Uh, Thargensis, yeah, which is, is di- we call, uh, we, yeah, right. We, I call it dipel. Oh, dipel. Now you know why they call it BTs, because who right, wants yes. to say that every time? And uh, uh, Or you can use the Captain Jacks. That also, uh, um, uh, so if you mix mixing up a spray of one or the other, you can use one or the other. Uh, and uh, But this is the time, and, and my wife said, oh, I saw the prettiest blue bu- uh, moth in the garden, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, I know what that is. <laughs> so the the uh, cabbage uh, moth is uh, usually white, but sometimes it's blue and sometimes it's light yellow. Yeah, light yellow. Yeah, so any, if you see any one of those, it's it's time to get out the sprayer. And I did, uh, I harvested some kale that was left over from last year, if you can believe that. And uh, sure enough, we had to wash the, you know, soak them in salt, and and uh, there was uh, there was a one of the cabbage worms on it. So I know they're out there, and um, so it's uh, just to make sure you go ahead and spray. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So one of those two. Um, 
uh, what else is on my list of to-do this afternoon? Of course, uh, did I mention I was going to harvest my uh, garlic? One one no, of the beds, no. oh, yeah, oh, one of the beds great. of garlic is the it's the New York white, and it's a beautiful clove, probably two and a half three inches around, and there's four big bulbs in each one. That's why I love it because you, you know, when you go to to do a um, well, like when I do with my pesto or when I make my hummus. You know, there's, you know, you peel and smash each one of them. It means you only have to peel four of them for a whole, whole clove. So they're nice and big, and they're beautiful, and uh, they're they're very flavorful. Uh, the New York White. So that's the one I'm harvesting uh, today. Um, and then I've got two other beds, and uh, they're they're not quite ready. So the thing about the garlic is, you should uh, before you harvest them, you should pull one. And um, it should still be, you know, perfectly wrapped in the white wrapper, and it should be nice and tight. But you want to make sure that it's developed its segments, because uh, if it's too young, if it's not ready, it will look like one big ball of garlic. It won't have, it won't have the segments form the skin. So you want to make sure it forms the segments. And, of course, you don't want to do it so late that those segments are actually starting to pull away from each other. They're opening up. That's way too late. So um, go ahead and open one up and, uh, and see, uh, <clears throat> see how it looks on the inside, which I did the other day, and it was a beautiful, beautiful head of, head of garlic, beautiful clove. And um, so that's one of, on my list of things to do today. And then uh, I'm, uh, I've got the, uh, the plant tone, uh, holly tone fertilizer for my blueberries. I picked that up uh, yesterday, and uh, so I'm, that's about a cup per plant, maybe a cup and a half. You just have to read the instructions on there. It's pretty clear, you know, so much per foot of diameter of the of the base of the the plant. And uh, but as I recall, it's about a cup per plant. So I'm going to fertilize those blueberries, and then I also got the um, the fruit tone, the one for the apple apple trees. So I'm going to fertilize those. And um, let's see, the, uh, when I fertilize them, I'll also water them at the same time and uh, make sure I wash the, the fertilizer down into the ground, make sure it has a you know, good chance to activate. Uh, same thing with my asparagus. You know, I know you're done picking them and you think, oh, well, I don't need to do anything. But you still want to be growing good, strong asparagus plants for next year. So it's an investment in the future. And the, they need it just as much as anything else. Um, go ahead and fertilize and water your asparagus. I know it seems like a, a waste of time because you don't plan to, to harvest anything, but think about harvesting next year. So that's what you're doing. You're, you're getting things ready for next year. Um, same thing with the rhubarb. Don't neglect your rhubarb, even though you know you're all done uh, um, uh, harvesting it. Go ahead and give it a good watering and uh, a good fertilizer. You only need to do this once in the season or so, but you know that it's still um, it's again uh, for next year. You're going to do that. Uh, then I've got to get down on my hands and knees and thin out some of my uh, radishes and some of the carrots that we planted. You know, I try to keep it to two or three seeds, carrot seeds per per divot when I when I uh, plant them. But no matter what you do, it's sometimes you'll get three, and it's it really is worthwhile to um, to thin them. I know the the uh, the temptation is to go ahead and and just sort of 
pull them up as they get young or leave them in and and uh, and thin them that way. But the best thing is to get a nice big full size carrot. You want to go ahead and thin them when they're when they're just up maybe an inch or two. Um, and if if they're beyond that, well, still fertilize, still thin them. That's very important. And I like to use actually a pair of scissors rather than pulling them. Um, this way you're just clipping the top off and you're not disturbing the root zone. So that's um, thinning is on the agenda for today. And I mentioned planting the broccoli and, and kale, didn't I, already? Yeah, we have a caller here. Oh, let's see yeah. what we let's see what we. Oh, have. I'm sorry. I was going to mention the high mowing company has yeah. uh, coated carrot seeds, yeah. so that it just simply makes them bigger, so you yep. don't plant fifty at one time, <laughs> which I'm prone to do, being so uh, all thumbs here. Okay, we have uh, your first name in town, please. Jill from Randolph Center. Hey, Jill, welcome. Thank you. Uh, what should we water? Or what should we put on for fertilizer for our asparagus? Oh, um, I like the uh, the uh, North Country, just the regular, um, you know, the blue bag. It's a general fertilizer. It and a certain number on it, like a ten, 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 or. Uh, I think it's actually like a four, five, four, as I'm recalling. I'm thinking of it's just the blue country, a blue, uh, um, uh, blue bag. It's the general fertilizer. Okay, and I can get that at an Agway? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, yeah. They got a bag, the 50 and 25-pound bag. Okay, and I'm different kind of asparagus bugs. There's two different kind that I'm, you know, picking off, yeah. and, and you, then the little worms. Yeah, so it's actually one type of bug. It's the asparagus beetle. Yeah. But and the larvae is that, that gooey sort of worm. Yes, but I've had kind of an orangey-red, and then I've had kind of a black dotted with red on it. Two two different kind of bugs, and they're very little, and they're very quick, and you go to take them off, and they jump right off. Yeah. And they sneak right around. They can see you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Well, uh, the... We've had the same problem with our asparagus, and um, the only way that I know, besides the hand-picking, is, of course, to, to spray with the, the Captain Jack's dead bug, the spinosad. I have that. Yeah, go ahead and spray that, and, and follow the instructions pretty carefully, because I think it's like every 7 to 14 days or something like that for a okay. while. And we ha- it took us about three years to really get control of them. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, of just, you know, spraying them in a routine and mm-hmm. uh, because they, they live in the soil. That's the other thing you can do is put down a good mulch. Um, yes, we do. And then uh, pull the mulch up and, and uh, hoe it a little bit before the, the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, cut and, and burn uh, or, or trash the, uh, the ferns. All right. And don't don't let them lie because the the bugs will. Um... Yeah, we take them away. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, we put them on the burn pile. Yeah, so you you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So those are the only things you're going to do. You're not doing anything wrong per se. It's just a cycle. They they come and you get rid of them and then they'll come back again. So it's you have to be on the watch for them. Yes, and we had some asparagus come up kind of crooked. Yeah, that's that, the beetle. Yeah, that's the beetle. Yeah, I thought yeah, so. Yeah, that's the one. Well, thank you very much. Well, we enjoy your program. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate that, Jill. And uh, let me know how it goes. 
Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Peter joining us online is Lola in Ripton. Oh, hey, Lola. Nola, not Lola. No. <laughs> Did I say Lola? Nola. Yeah, no. Nola with an N. Right. Okay, but and not like the man with the ark. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I have not built an ark yet in my life. We'll see what happens next. Maybe that's on the list. And well, all this time I, I, I thought that song was about you. No, there's another song about me that was written in the 1920s, and I will send you guys the words and music. Apparently, <laughs> okay. my dad liked it a lot, and that's okay. where he got my name. Oh, no kidding. Well, that's, that's cool. Well, the music's fun. I can live without the words. No, no, if, it fl- if it floods where you are and you need to build, build an ark, I'd say we were all in trouble. We'd be hurting. <laughs> yeah. We'd be hurting. Yes. Yeah. Well, some of the things you've spoken about this morning did spur on my call. And I will preface my first garden thing with an event that took place on Thursday, quite late, actually Friday morning around 1 a.m., when our precious new dog, who has a lovely voice and sleeps with us diligently every night, Mm -hmm. right in the middle of bed, Mm -hmm. um, started barking really loud. Mm -hmm. And then we heard a little bit of crashing and smashing, and we thought, "Uh uh-oh. Bear? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and apparently our uh, neighborhood, this isn't true, but a <laughs> uh, person in charge of recycling had sent the bear out on a mission to make sure that we were all recycling properly. And uh. so the bear took all 12 crates full of all the washed containers, plastic, metal, cardboard, <laughs> and spread them all over the place. Oh, my, my. And after loading up the truck to take mm-hmm. them to recycling, I thought, you know, we do have some raised beds. I, I confess I've done it, and I like it. Mm-hmm. That raised bed with the carrots yeah. has to have some protection. Uh, and so I, I just wanted to share this with folks who maybe aren't doing giant fences, but what Mark and I came up with a few years ago for smaller areas, take a bunch of old stakes, and we, we are fortunate enough to have some old screens, which are no longer house-worthy, mm-hmm. and set the stakes up up against the raised bed and then slap the screens down in between. Mm-hmm. And now, maybe they won't keep the bears out. They'll certainly keep the rabbits out um, and other sort of visitors of the smaller variety. And it's worked really well. Oh, that's cool. It hasn't cost anything. Yeah, so yeah. I thought I'd just put that out to you guys. And um, The Garden Fortress, you have to protect it, that's for well, sure. Well, it's sort of sad, but you do. Mm. And, and, yeah. Mm. So I was now wondering if, oh, and so, as far as garlic goes, and this is more of a question than a statement, but mm-hmm. we're not up as far as you guys are. I'm guessing it's three more weeks for us. But when I pull my garlic out, I like to follow it with more things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is that, and so they get pulled out, the bed gets all cleaned up and roughed up and composed. And what we're going to try this year, I started 96 pea plants in oh. seed flats. Oh, yeah, that's great. And they're just pushing up right now. So my thought was in three weeks, you know, they'll be big enough to stand on their idea. own and give yeah, us I like a, it. Yeah. I hope so. Is this know. garden peas or the uh, sugar snap? 
these these are garden peas, as in not sugar snap, mm-hmm. but pop, you know, pod peas. Pod peas, yeah. Um, yeah. I believe the variety is Penelope, mm. very lovely. Mm. And the ones we grew this spring in a very small amount were delicious. So I thought, well, mm. there'll be less heat pressure in the fall. I hope. Maybe yes. Not. Yeah. The, and and uh, I I like the way. Matter of fact, uh, I, and I've mentioned it before, but it was uh, Marilla Glare, uh, who you know, up here in East Montpelier. Who uh, who who uh, turned me on to the idea of actually growing your pea sets just like you're doing, and uh, he said, "Oh no, that's what I do all the time." And if you read the book, they they always say, "Oh no, you 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 can't start pea sets," you know. But sure enough, he was doing it. Mm. And uh, when I was going through his greenhouse one time, I said, "Well, uh, are those sweet peas, or they look like regular garden peas?" And he said, "Yeah, they're regular garden peas. That's the way I do it all the time." Well, we'll see. I mean, so, the great idea. Concern with starts is, you know, they're not as well rooted for the first few weeks. They've got to sort of settle themselves, mm-hmm. and, and so you got mm-hmm. to keep a close watch. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Well, that's great. Uh, what a great idea. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to have to rethink that myself. Where could I put my peas? Yeah, because you have idea. more time than we do. My <laughs> goodness. You do on both ends. So might as well use it wisely. So closing thought, this is if you want it. I do have a Robert Frost poem called The Bear. The Bear. But it is. 35 lines long. The Bear Necessities. Let's let's mm, hear it. This is the bear, the bear, the bear. This is a great poem shared with us through the eyes of the bear. Okay. The bear puts both arms around the tree above her and draws it down as if it were a lover, and its choke cherry lips to kiss goodbye, then lets it snap back upright in the sky. Her next step rocks a boulder on the wall. She's making her cross country in the fall. Her great weight creaks the barbed wire in its staples as she flings herself over and off down through the maples, leaving on one wire tooth a lock of hair. Such is the uncaged progress of the bear. The world has room to make a bear feel free. Mm. The universe seems cramped to you and me. (laughs) Man acts more like the poor bear in a cage, all day fighting a nervous inward rage, his mood rejecting all his mind suggests he paces back and forth and never rests the toenail click and shuffle of his feet. The telescope at one end of his beat and at the other end, the microscope. Two instruments of nearly equal hope and in conjunction given quite a spread. Or if he rests from scientific tread, tis only to sit back and sway his head through 90 odd degrees of arc, it seems. Between two metaphysical restru- extremes, He sits back on his fundamental butt with lifted snout and eyes of any, if any, shut. He almost looks religious, but he's not. And back and forth he sways from cheek to cheek, at one extreme agreeing with one Greek, at the other agreeing with another Greek, which may be thought, but only, so to speak, a baggy figure equally pathetic when sedentary and when peripatetic. So that's the bear's take on us. Wow. <laughs> the bear necessities. I love it. Yeah, bears, bears are great as long as we keep our distance. Yes, and yes. So right. Last One tiny last thing for folks that are afraid of growing perennials because it seems like they're too hard and they might be too complicated. Last summer, 2018, I started some hollyhocks. Oh. And they came up yeah. and they grew. Yep. 
No flowers. Oh, yeah? Oh. Okay, and some of them got planted in the garden that we've planted for Jim Foster down in Middlebury. Yeah. This year, they came up. Yep. They grew. Mm -hmm. The blossoms got big and fat. Oh, yeah. And the flowers are gorgeous. Yeah, that's great. So give perennials the time they need because the gift they give back. Give them a chance, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, good. Jim would have Jim would have loved that. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Everybody down there seems to be happy with it. So. L- Thank you, Nola. L- that l- was great. Nola, l- listen to, to a little bit of what I find in the DEV library. Uh oh. Is this it? <laughs> it is it. <laughs> yeah. Nola is like a dream come true. She's sweet and unaffected. Everything Nola seems to do is really unexpected. Nola has twinkling eyes of blue. And cherry lips perfected, everything nice like sugar and spices. Now, <laughs> okay, that's enough. So <laughs> we have fun, don't we? Are, are your eyes enough. blue? We have to. Determine. They are not. They're brown. <laughs> okay, so. well, we we will rewrite the song for next week. Okay. <laughs> you guys be well, stay cool, and happy gardening. Okay. Thanks again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you much. We've got Ted in Shelburne. If I push the right button. Okay, Ted. Hi, Ted. Okay, that sounds like the right button. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joel and the record library in his mind are isn't it a feature of the world isn't it though <laughs> yes yes a wonder of nature for sure <laughs> uh, well one just that even works for bachelor farmers and stuff for for the um, tying up tomatoes oh yes which I do I mean Juliet really is the one that I've settled on for tomato that's and a great I call yeah. it I call it wicked indeterminate yeah and I do I give each set of roots well the main stem and one or and two or three or maybe a little more yeah base offshoots and each everything gets a stake and I use rough lumber inch by inch five feet or so stakes. Uh-huh, yeah. and, uh, I was going to try to be quick, but I also give them a base of a plastic base in the ground so you don't rot off your nice tall stake every year. Okay. You can get a 10-foot conduit plastic pipe and cut it in two-foot sections. Uh-huh. So never mind about that, but that that's what I do. No, I and jute, J-U-T-E, oh. Oh, okay, yeah. is it's about a bundle about the size of a softball yeah and it's very inexpensive and it's very soft and oh say 18 or 20 inches or so pieces makes a very nice around the stem yeah and then i do like four or five or six little twists and then i wrap it around and uh, a couple of times around yeah. the stake and it never slips down oh i see yeah. and it's okay. soft yes yeah, soft enough yeah and and because the things with wire, actually, when I'm very beginning, when I do my quart drained yogurt container yeah. basic plants, yeah. I sometimes put in a short quarter inch bamboo stake like thing, and yep. I use just even bread wrapper ties. Yeah. And that wire, I'm really leery of that. If I it, leave that a little, it's too sharp. It's too so, sharp. And yeah. I sort of relate the pipe cleaners a little bit with a big strong plant like mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I've long finished with my torn up class A <laughs> khaki trousers from the old days <laughs> into half inch strips. You could do bed sheets and the half inch strips. Yep. Something that tears easily and use yep. that, whatever. But this jute is a is a very handy huh. Uh, and you you make more than one loop around the stake and the stem, then. Well, what I do is 
<laughs> I go on and on. But I, I don't center it uh, around the stem. I leave one end about an inch longer. Yeah. And I actually bring it out to the, after I've done the twists, I just bring it out to the stake, and one end, the short end, stays put, and the lower end wraps around just one time uh-huh. below below the other strings coming from the plant. <clears throat> okay. And that's it. And tie it, and it never slips, and, and that just once and a half around. Yeah. Uh, gives you, you know, and I've done thousands and thousands of those over the years. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's cool. That's great. And I will, again, come up with a slightly divergent, and then I'll be done, but with telling about garlic harvest, okay. rather than thinking about digging, which it's, you know, it sounds fine and works for you, but I always believe in the simple arithmetic of counting pretty good green leaves. Okay. And mine now, I look, was looking today, and about two have died back, kind of from looking from the ground up. You mm-hmm. see one that's totally shriveled, and mm-hmm. one that's, you know, maybe dried down, and one that's looking starting to yellow. Yep. So just know that that uh, each of those that dies is a disappeared paper wrapper, yep. and so that you want at least two or three or four paper wrapper indications, yep. and that's a decent-looking green leaf. Yeah, my rule of thumb is, is to is to harvest them as soon as they're harvestable, so you have right. more more of those wrappers. I was wondering if yours is hardneck. Like I used to have, you I got all get, hardneck, yeah, because uh, I would get a two or so week earlier harvest mm-hmm. uh, with softneck, which mm-hmm. then because I was going to the farmers market, yep. uh, could do a little triple simple braid, but just have some show and tell and sell garlic. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it was a soft neck, yep. a nice white one. But yep. uh, yeah, the time is approaching. I'm starting to, and oh, I've had good follow up with beets. Oh, is that right? And maybe a fence from bunnies or ch- I had chipmunks oh, weirdly yeah. do yeah, me yeah, out one too. year, but I, I yeah. have a small enough patch I can fence. But, but beets are such a nice thing to mm-hmm. eat the greens as you thin and mm-hmm. then some at least inch and a quarter or so beets to have for dinner. Oh, that's but great. Various things are, but that was one successful after garlic harvest that I was able to do. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about maybe just doing a green manure of... Uh, of uh, you know one or one or the other of them can't taste as good as a beet. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. Thank you, you very much. Follow up. <laughs> See you uh, next week. Ted, Bye. thanks so much. Appreciate yep. the call. Bye. <laughs> okay, th- thank you. For, you know, I put all of my tomatoes, regardless of whether they're uh, determinate or indeterminate, mm-hmm. yeah. in um, in tomato cages. Oh, and yeah. Usually the indeterminate will climb up. Yeah. But there, there are some tomatoes. My brother sends me this uh, big package from Burpia once. He wants to know yeah. if I'm growing in Vermont. So yeah. this year I planted them without even making note as to what kind they are. I mean, I still have little numbers on the sure. on the thing, so I, I eventually can. But I'm just curious to see what comes up. At any, at any rate, there's always at least one or two indeterminate varieties that are yeah. determined, if you will, to remain indeterminate. They will not climb up the tomato. They'll just go wherever they want to go. Yeah. And usually they are very prolific and, oh, yeah. and, and bountiful. Yeah. 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 And the other the other thing I wanted to mention is that the one of the first things I've noticed, I'm going back 25 years, um, in, in the intervale where they at one point had all the community gardens and some private gardens and a very fertile area and uh, along the uh, Beltline in Burlington, um, the... Um, 
one guy at the farmer's market would have vine-ripened tomatoes before anybody else Mm -hmm. and asked him what his secret was. Finally, he revealed it as what he does is that he has a growing tomato plant and will dig it up and transplant it somewhere else. In other words, he has a whole bunch of his tomato plants change places. Really? And he says the shock on the system uh, will ripen them earlier. So uh, a week or you know eight or nine days before all his uh, competitors or all the other people participating in the farmer's market, oh, for he sake. would have them. Now, uh, Ed Smith was kind of, gave me a few question marks on that one, <laughs> but he really gave me the question marks on this guy's other secret. Yeah. This fellow at the fair would, would have like a 12-foot sunflower. And how do you get them to grow? I mean, I grow yeah. the giant ones, yeah. and uh, they go about six feet. I'm yeah. quite proud of myself. But then there are the 12 feet ones yeah. that show up. At the, and he says he plants them in big bunches so that they're all competing with each other to grow the tallest. And the one in the middle that wins mm-hmm. usually is the 12 footer. That's the one, yeah. I, yeah, I got yeah. more question marks on that. Yeah. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've tried, but nothing, nothing seemed to. There, would, there never seemed to be any real. You know, uh-huh. sunflower competition. Not not yeah. much science behind that, but no. it, it, if it but works he, for him, he claims it works for him. But of yeah. course, he has secrets behind the secrets. I was going to say, wh- why would he really let you know? Yeah, right? no, he, he, he watched me walk away as he giggled. And yeah, I was going to yeah. say he's probably ah, Joel's out <laughs> the there transplanting all those. <laughs> uh, just a note on on. Uh, um, Let's see. Who Ted, was it asked? Was, no, it was before that. It was uh, the North Country Organics. It's ProGrow. That's the one. That's the general one. And, and it's a 534. And uh, it'll say right on the right on Pro the package Grow. what the rate is to to do. And that's that's good for the asparagus, but also for your rhubarb. Use that on the rhubarb. And uh, just a general fertilizer. Yeah, I have a 442, I think it is, for my tomatoes. It seems to work. Mm-hmm. Superstitious behavior on my part. Yeah. It's an organic. It's tomatoes and other vegetables. And, yeah, yeah. It just seems to work very well. Yeah, you know? the, the, the tomatoes have, uh, like a little bit extra nitrogen and, and uh, uh, potassium for the fruiting. So, yeah, why not? And if it works, don't fix it. So we have. Uh, I just wanted to look that up and follow through that it was. It's ProGrow and it's a five three four, and it's all organic and uh, it's called uh, North Country Organics and yeah, you can get it at all of our sponsors, and uh, that's the way to go. So following up on that one, and uh, let's see what else did I have on my uh, to do list here. Well, of course, the watering I got to do, and my wife planted um, in our upper garden. We we cut the garden in half uh, uh, this year and last year, and so we the lower garden we planted in uh, crimson clover, and this year we planted uh, the upper part in crimson clover, and um, that's a it's a actually a a beautiful flower. It is a bright bright crimson. Of course, uh, the bees love it, and. Uh, so that's surprisingly how quickly that came up and just uh just like the the beans this hot weather although it's it seems really hot if you keep things moist and well watered they they really grow like uh, gangbusters for sure and uh Joel I think that's about it I mean we uh, up to uh, up to final words if you like up to final words yes keep cool friends
and uh, and uh, make sure you water those plants. They need it this time of year. And uh, plan to water twice a week now, not just once a week, but twice a week. And uh, you see thunderstorms in that uh, forecast. You hear Roger say there's going to be thunderstorms. Just forget it. It's not it. It's not going to give you enough soil to soak deep down into the soil. All it's going to do is make everything wet and humid. That's why it's humid. Is it's all evaporating into the air. It's not going deep down in the soil. So plan to water a couple times a week for the next uh, three or four weeks anyway. Okay. It is uh, noted and registered. Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, thank you. We'll see you next week, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, okay. Yep. No yep. Red Sox. No so, Red Sox. Yeah. So we're all set for next week in the garden. <laughs> Garden with Peter Burke, brought to you each Saturday at 12.30 in the noon hour. Brought to you by Menards Agway, your family true value neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont at growcompost.com and just down the road from us on Route 2 in Moortown. By the Willis Store in Greensboro, your true value store near Caspian Lake. And they have it all. Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. St. Albans, Williston, Morrisville, and Montpelier. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. At Clausen's.com and check out their Mega Monday coupons. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned, right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. Buy your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds and so much more, Route 2 in Montpelier. And by These Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. We'll see you next week in the garden. I'm as free as that feathered bee.